the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The January 6th committee to subpoena Donald J. Trump. With a new Congress, this committee doesn't exist, and, and maybe it's moot at that point. The Parkland shooters sentenced to life in prison rather than the death penalty. Our justice system should have been used to punish this shooter to the fullest extent of the law. The Saudis claim Joe Biden asked for a delay in oil output reductions until after the midterm elections. And this is why our stature on the world stage has plummeted since he's become president. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, October 14th. I'm Mike Scott. On Thursday, the January 6th committee voted unanimously to subpoena former President Donald J. Trump. So this afternoon... I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump in connection with the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. Gentlelady yields back. If there's no further debate, the question is on agreeing to the resolution. Those in favor will say aye. 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 Those opposed is no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. The former president released a statement saying, in part, the committee is a hoax, a sham, a partisan witch hunt, which is a continuation of the witch hunt that has gone on since the great day for our country when I came down the golden escalator with our future first lady. They have no case. They have no ratings, so they have to try to do this to get publicity. Correspondent Chad Pergram of Fox News explains the most recent developments coming out of the January 6 hearings. They changed this from a hearing to a business meeting. Now, that might not mean a lot to people back home, but usually a business meeting is when you meet to issue subpoenas or maybe have uh, criminal referrals to the Department of Justice or something like that. So what we're being told right now is to expect a vote. And, you know, they're kind of going off script here. You know, these hearings have largely been scripted down to the minute, down to the soundbite. This is something that was not expected, and that changed not long before the hearing. Pergram says that the announcement is historic, and explains the two other times in history that a former president has been subpoenaed. I should underscore why this is so rare. As far as we can tell, this has only happened a couple of times. There was an effort uh, in the late 1840s to subpoena two former presidents. It was John Tyler and John Quincy Adams, both of whom were out of office. This was during the Polk administration. James Polk was president. They ultimately did not have to come before Congress. There was a question about them using funds for clandestine intelligence activities. And there was an effort after Harry Truman was out of office in 1953 
to bring him before the House Committee on Un-American Activities. He ultimately did not appear. And this is where you can see this clash. You think you've had a big clash right now between the Justice Department and the former president's legal team about what happened at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, this would be another clash with a former president and probably trying to exert executive privilege with this committee. Pergram goes on to say that if Republicans gain control of the House in the midterms, the committee is likely to be disbanded. And remember that the shelf life of this committee is probably not very long. It's expected if Republicans win the House of Representatives this fall, goes to Republican control in January, that they will disband this committee. They might investigate some things regarding January 6th and the security posture here and what would then be former Speaker House Nancy Pelosi and what she knew about uh, security leading into that. But they have a short shelf life on this committee to get to the bottom of that. Bob Cusack, the editor-in-chief at The Hill, tells News Nation that Donald Trump will fight this committee. He's going to fight this, and he's still maintaining that the 2020 election uh, was stolen. The Department of Homeland Security said it was a, a very secure election, but but Trump and his allies making that case. So this is, I mean, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a... There's going to be some big news uh, on this and the Mar-a-Lago documents, I think, over the next uh, couple months. And, and the big question, of course, will be, uh, is the Department of Justice going to indict uh, former President Trump? Cusack goes on to explain how unusual it is for a former president to be subpoenaed and predicts the Supreme Court may have to weigh in. Well, the Supreme Court has held that you can go after and subpoena a sitting president, so a former president, obviously highly unusual. Uh, as far as sitting presidents, it was Jefferson, Nixon, and Clinton. Uh, and, and looking at the past of this, Nicole, I think you're going to have to see the Supreme Court weigh in. But as Evan was saying, this committee is probably not going to be around for much longer. So I, I see Trump fighting the subpoena, and really, we you know, we're not far from the election and new Congress. And with a new Congress, this committee doesn't exist, and, and maybe it's moot at that point. The Hill's editor-in-chief also says that, in his opinion, the move to subpoena the former president is simply a PR move. Democrats here, I think it's kind of a PR move here, that they said, okay, you know, they were talking about bringing in uh, former Vice President Mike Pence. No, they, they're going after Trump. They don't want to hear from Pence. They'd love to hear from him, but they really need to hear from Trump. So they're giving Trump the opportunity, if you want to tell your side of the story, tell us, but he's not going to be complying. Cusack says that he believes the report that may come out of the hearings would be to put pressure on the Department of Justice to indict the former president. Toward the end, we're going to see a report that's crafted by the committee. It'll be voted on. And then this is pressure on department on the Department of Justice. It is a bit of a show, and it's also a, a bit of a, a huge legal decision of whether DOJ goes after uh, the, the former president on this issue. Can they, in court prove that Trump was responsible. Um, you know, that, that remains to be seen. And then there are other issues about the documents, classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. But this shows you that the, the members, Pelosi and Schumer, they were very concerned about members being in danger. I was concerned about our reporters being in danger. It is very dramatic. It is a show. But that's what politics is nowadays. Fox News' Greg Gutfeld says he thinks the committee is trying to get Donald Trump reelected. I'm so surprised it was a unanimous vote for the subpoena. Yeah, and it, what a coincidence that it's happening, you know, just <laughs> just a few weeks before the midterms. But what are they trying to do? I have a feeling that they're secretly trying to reelect Trump because this this committee is proving what he and millions of pissed off supporters have always suspected, that the deck 
is stacked against them. This is a kangaroo court, right? Everybody there has their ideology, whether it's never Trumpism or, or the progressives. Uh, are, it's a stacked committee with preordained conclusions, with unlimited time and unlimited effort paid for by us, the taxpayer. So why would there be this outcome? Everybody sees this, and what they're in danger of doing is creating, turning Trump into a martyr, because they're proving the point that they swayed the election. We remember that story in, in Time magazine when they boasted about being a cabal, the mm -hmm. media, the Democrats, uh, the, the tech companies. This thing just reminds you that they're hunting Trump and hunting Trump supporters. I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people think that DeSantis is a better choice. A he's a, maybe a younger, smoother, uh, more sophisticated candidate. But then you could have people that just say, screw it, I'm going to vote for Trump because the, these people are idiots. And this is this is a scam. This news comes as the Supreme Court denied a request by the former president to vacate a lower court ruling in a case related to the FBI raid and seizure of documents from his Florida residence last month. The Supreme Court Thursday rejected former President Donald J. Trump's plea to step in to the legal fight over the FBI search of his Florida estate. The justices did not otherwise comment in turning away Trump's emergency appeal. Trump had pressed the court on an issue relating to classified documents seized in the search authorized by federal judge of Mar-a-Lago. The Trump team was asking the justices to overturn a lower court ruling and permit an independent arbiter or special master to review the roughly 100 documents with classified markings that were taken on that August 8th search in Florida. A three-judge panel from Atlanta-based U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in the 11th Circuit last month limited the special master's review to, much, to the much larger non-classified documents. The judges included two Trump appointees, sided though with the Justice Department, which has argued there's no legal basis for this. On Thursday, a jury spared a high school shooter, Nicholas Cruz, from the death penalty for killing 17 at a Florida high school in 2018, sending him to prison for the remainder of his life in a decision that left many families of victims angered and in tears. 24-year-old Cruz pleaded guilty a year ago to murdering 14 students and three staff members, wounding 17 others at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, February 14 of 2018. Tony Montalto, whose daughter Gina was killed in the Parkland shooting, says in this case, the legal system failed to protect society. Our justice system should have been used to punish this shooter to the fullest extent of the law, not as an act of revenge, but to protect our nation's schools, to stop others from attacking the future of this country. Lori Alhadef, whose daughter Alyssa was killed in the Parkland shooting, says she and her family are beyond disappointed by the jury's decision to sentence the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, to life in prison. This should have been the death penalty, 100%. 17 people were brutally murdered on February 14, 2018. 
On Thursday, a report surfaced that Saudi Arabia claimed that President Biden sought to delay oil production cuts in order to boost Democrats' chances in the upcoming midterms. The allegations raise many eyebrows due to the idea that, if true, his new pledge of consequences for the Saudis sounds a lot like a quid pro quo, much like one that got former President Trump impeached. For their part, the kingdom has pushed back against that narrative that they deliberately cut oil production to harm America. Saudi Minister of Foreign Affairs Abdel Jubir joined CNN and says Saudi Arabia is only trying, in their opinion, to stabilize markets. Saudi Arabia is uh, not siding with Russia. Saudi, Saudi Arabia is taking the side of trying to ensure the stability of the oil markets, which benefits consumers and producers alike. We have been doing this for decades. We try to make sure that uh, we don't have erratic swings in prices so that we can have logic when it comes to investments, when it comes to lending, and when it comes to prices. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, believes in this strongly. The decision to uh, reduce the quotas was taken unanimously by 22 countries, and the uh, markets have responded uh, very positively to this. The price of oil has actually come down since last week, not gone up. Al-Jubir says Saudi Arabia's relationship with America is still strong, in spite of Joe Biden's threats to reevaluate the U.S. relationship with the kingdom. I don't believe this relationship is broken very far from it. This relationship is very robust. We have almost 80,000 Americans living and working in Saudi Arabia. We have a very strong trade and investment relationship. We work very closely with regards to ensuring our common interests, whether it's to bring peace to Yemen, whether it's to bring peace between Israelis and Arabs, whether it's to stabilize Afghanistan, whether it's to reintegrate Iraq into the Arab fold, whether it's to bring stability to the Horn of Africa, stability and peace in Libya, in the G5 countries of the Sahel, whether it's to fight extremism and terrorism, those interests are permanent and those interests are tremendously important to both countries and to the security and stability not only of the region but the world. And so that it is incumbent to both, upon both countries to work together in order to uh, realize uh, the objectives that they both have, which occur to the benefit of both people in both countries. However, North Carolina's Republican Congressman Greg Murphy joined Fox News and says that, in his opinion, the way the Biden administration has handled the situation with Saudi Arabia has caused the perception of America to fall once again. You know, Joe Biden really has been a political beast his entire career. And the fact that he went over there to beg the Saudis to increase production, while at the same time telling our our nation to uh, stop, to to back away from our own energy production, is just typical for him. It's really pretty sad, to be honest with you. And this is why our stature on the world stage has plummeted since he's become president. Daily Wire co-founder Ben Shapiro took to Twitter and wrote, So Joe Biden refuses to say whether he would support cutting off arms supplies to Saudi Arabia after the Saudis rejected his request to increase oil supply in a slowing economy, a request made for a specified period of time until right after the election. Shapiro went on to say, quote, This looks an awful lot like the president of the United States threatening to remove weaponry from a purported ally unless that ally performs actions that help that president politically in advance of an election. Wasn't President Trump impeached for that? End quote. 
Millions of Social Security recipients are going to get a boost in their benefits in 2023. That's a historic increase and welcome news for American retirees and others, but it's tempered by the fact that it's fueled by record high inflation that's raised the cost of everyday living for everyone else. Daybreak Insider's Fatima Hussein reports that millions of Social Security recipients will get an 8.7% boost in their benefits beginning in January of 2023. We just learned that the Social Security Administration announced the biggest cost of living adjustment increase in 40 years. Roughly 70 million Americans will be impacted by this cost of living adjustment. That translates to one in five households. So the impact on the economy will be huge. The managing director of the International Monetary Fund is urging global policymakers to stop inflation from becoming a runaway train at the time of extraordinary economic turmoil. The Federal Reserve and other central bankers have been raising interest rates to try and tame inflation. The director acknowledged that the higher borrowing cost would pinch economic growth, but urged policymakers to show restraint in spending money to ease the pain. The IMF's Kristalina Georgieva says that governments must prioritize the vulnerable as they struggle to fight an economy hit by one aftershock after another. We have to do that uh, uh, with uh, uh, fiscal buffers exhausted because of the pandemic, levels of debt very high, And so the the obvious conclusion is that policy measures need to be well-targeted and they need to be temporary. Georgieva urged policymakers to keep up the fight against rising prices. We know that rising interest rates come at some cost to growth, but we also know that not tightening enough to put a leash on inflation would mean interest rates staying higher for longer, resulting in even more harm to growth and to people. Georgieva went on to say that policymakers must show restraint in spending money to ease the pain of rising prices and interest rates. When monetary policy puts a foot on the brakes, fiscal policy should not step on the accelerator because if it does, we are for a very dangerous Right. The IRS wants millions to claim their child tax credit and stimulus funds. Daybreak Insider's Washington correspondent Norman Hall has more on this story. More than 9 million people and families who did not receive their advanced child tax credit checks, stimulus payments, and other tax rebates will soon get a letter from the IRS to claim their money. The tax credit was originally offered through President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package. The government says some families may be leaving up to $3,600 per child unclaimed as well as other payments owed to them. IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick says many people who qualify for the tax benefits will need to file a 2021 federal income tax return to get the credit. Norman Hall, Washington. Facebook parent Meta has unveiled a high-end virtual reality headset 
with the hope people will soon be using it to work in the virtual reality of the still elusive place called the Metaverse. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more on this high-tech story. The $1,500 MetaQuest Pro headset has high-resolution sensors that let people see mixed virtual and regular old reality in full color. Users can also see eye-tracking and so-called natural facial expressions that mimic the wearer's facial movements so that their avatars appear natural when interacting in VR. The question now is, will people buy it? And finally, an American tourist demanded to see the Pulp, and according to reports, when he was denied, he threw a 2,000-year-old Roman statue to the floor, breaking it. A tourist threw two 2,000-year-old Roman busts to the ground in the Vatican Museums. It is unclear how the man was able to throw these sculptures down as they are normally anchored to their platforms. However, a tour guide was able to prevent him from destroying a third. The man broke the bust after being denied an audience with the Pope. He is now detained under the Italian authorities. Two busts are part of the Chiaramonti Museum, which collects Roman portraits and is named after Pope Pius VII. According to reports, the American man, around 50 years old, was in the Galleria Chiaramonte corridor, which displays hundreds of busts and statues. While the news may seem shocking to some, Apparently, tourists damaging monuments in Rome has been a theme this summer. In July, a Canadian tourist was caught carving her name into the Colosseum, while American tourists were caught hurling scooters down the Spanish steps, breaking off pieces in the process. And a Saudi visitor drove his Maserati down the same architectural icon. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com